I don't know what to say about the color purple. The color from out of space, or the color out of space, whatever. I'm not Spike. I'm Victor. Cosmic horror. That's the official genre. Cosmic horror is the genre of that film, and it's the genre of real life right now. But it still has the uh, like the uh, qualities of cosmic horror. It's like a, a force that like you can't really talk to. It's just like yeah, it's, and it doesn't care about humans, whether we live or die. It's just kind of a yeah, it's kind of like Terminator as well, but the Terminator had like had a goal, like it and was, was actually good. Like the the virus just doesn't even like think or anything. It just like it just does. It just absorbs. And sucks. <laughs> well, okay. Did you th- well? Did you think the movie sucked? <laughs> You're saying it sucks. I'm just I'm just really confused how. They have an 86% rating on Rotten Tomatoes if they watched the same movie that I just watched. Is that the audience or critics? Um, let me get the confirmation. Well, I can hear that in my headphones. Yeah. They're living in like an art nouveau painting. Yeah. And it's got a lot of cool um, synth wave um, style imagery. And everything just blew up. Big flash, like a pink light. Or actually, I don't even know what color it was. It wasn't like any color I'd ever seen before. It looks like a <laughs> meteorite. <laughs> I mean, it's radioactive. I mean, it's from space, right? Meteorites are generally no more dangerous. Radioactive. Radioactive. How can something that big just <laughs> disappear? Hey, you know the guy. Spoiler. Yeah. But Ward, um. You come here for a sec. The movie does end with someone waking up to ash and dust. What are you doing? <laughs> Who's talking to you? Who's talking to you? Man in the well. So it was 86% from the critics and 82% from the audience. Who fucking watched this and thought that this was good? The critics were just a little bit snootier. No, the audience was a little snootier. One hundred seventy critics, ninety-four audience. Okay, so I mean, this—the critics' consensus is a welcome return for director Richard Stanley. Color Out of Space mixes tart B-movie pulp 
with visually alluring Lovecraftian horror and a dash of gonzo Nicolas Cage. So, like, this was definitely very B-movie, but it was just trash. Eighty-six critics, eighty-two audience. This is like low sixties. They try to like establish like children that. in this movie, but they do. They spend so little time with every character and their quirks that it, you, you really can't like attach to any of them. Mm-hmm. They're just like it's like wallpaper. It, it, that, that's the depth. Of the <laughs> I just wish that I had slept through this instead of like actually staying awake. Like Victor did, mm-hmm. and then. You're looking at Nicolas Cage, and you're like, uh, you're not caring about his character, but you're just enjoying watching Nicolas Cage act he like a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, well, but then again, like, he, he cages out when things get rough, but realistically, he's just kind of a very light cage. It's like, cage yeah. light through some of this. So it's like, it feels very normal for him because you've seen Cage, like, go, like, full out cage for a whole movie. Yeah. But realistically, like, only, like, when he's shooting his alpacas, there are, there are alpacas. <laughs> um, do you find out like oh that there he's caging out like he's doing that thing where he like yells with his mouth wide open yeah he's like, yeah yeah there's a very specific way he like deals with trauma and it's by like, yelling ah, while shaking his head but okay so yeah that was uh it starts out in some sort of i'm gonna say um good scene that was a good scene i'm gonna say the pacific northeast oh no sorry the, the atlantic northeast maybe or maybe the Pacific Northwest. One of those two. <laughs> the Pacific Northeast. Yeah, the Pacific Northeast. You know, where the Pacific meets the Northeast. Um, sorry, I'm a little buzzed. We, we got beer before <laughs> That's this. always your excuse. Because I'm always drunk when I'm fucking up. <laughs> when I'm sober, I'm, I'm on point. I'm well, on you know, it could have been, you know, the, the color from space. It, like, warps space and time, uh, they said in the movie. So it could have yeah. been the Pacific Northeast. It They, they, they talk about it being like a black hole that warps time and space and stuff, so. Well, yeah, so basically they're in this idyllic, yeah, little Jackson Pollock painting. And like, well, not Jackson Pollock, more like a... Okay, like um, uh, Art Nouveau. It's not Art Nouveau, it's more like a... What's the, what's the guy's name? Who's the the one that does all the impressionist? It's, like it's closer a, to... It's like a Van Gogh. Monet? It's closer Man. to Monet. It's, like, it's a Manette, yeah. Mo- Monet. It could be a Manette, too. Could be a Monet or a Manette. The only redeeming part of this movie was Tommy Chong. Honestly. Let's get to that in a second. So basically, um, it starts out with um, the Nicholas Cage's wicked daughter. Um, was it? Was it? What's her name again? Lavinia. Lavinia, um, doing a wicked thing. She's dressed like she's out of Lord of the Rings, like a peasant girl from Lord of the Rings, like asking for the cancer to be like removed from her mom. And they don't really delve into that, like the mom cancer thing all that much, honestly, or even at all. You just know she has cancer because this Lavinia is doing a, a Wiccan ceremony, and that's when the hydrologist shows up. She, the mom apparently was like six months post mastectomy. Ah, uh-huh, there we so. go. She had breast cancer, which is always a, a great thing to um, put in movies and then not talk about again. At all. It doesn't inform <laughs> any of it. This is basically the room, but Nicolas Cage style. Right? It's like, like production value wise, it's way, it's it, it's 
way better than the room. But storytelling length is kind of like the room. Because, like, yeah, that none of that mastectomy stuff really informs any of her decisions. Yeah. At no point is it like, oh, well, look, I'm, I feel less as a woman. Like, it doesn't, like, it's so isolated yeah. that she can't interact with anyone beyond her husband who still just loves her. Yeah. I think it was funny how Lavinia, yeah. when she make, she has her interaction with the hydrologist. The first one? Yeah, in the beginning. There's um, only one hydrologist. Hydrologist. Oh, the first interaction. Oh, okay. Just making, making sure. <laughs> she is, um, I forget what she says, but she says she doesn't like living there. Right. And then she gets on her big white horse and then rides off <laughs> in this very like whimsical, idyllic scenery. She's like, I hate living here. And then she gets on this white horse as her, her cape flows in the wind. As she rides away on this horse. Well, so apparently they had moved there where it was like his father's house. like So their grandfather's yeah. house. They mentioned that. like it's, a, it's, a, it's like a, it's a legacy house. But at no point do they like show like, it would have been cool if they showed like amazing pictures or just some memories from when they used to live in the city. Yeah. But like she looks like she belongs in this kind of like glade. Where like, yeah. she's doing spells because she's doing Wiccan spells, calling to the the air, the earth, the ether, and all that <laughs> shit. But at no point does she's like, uh, and the concrete of the city I used to live in. Yeah, and this trash can that's built into the sidewalk. It's like the, the ultimate like tell don't show bullshit. Where it's like, I hate living here. Let me live anywhere else. And also, my mom has cancer. <laughs> So the hydrologist, like, it, it truly starts because the hydrologist is, like, talking about, like, a beautiful, like, forest where trees have never been cut and all that. And it is, it looks beautiful. Like, this movie is shot beautifully. Isn't that right? Yeah, it's pretty decent cinematography. Yeah, like, some, like, okay, some of the static shot, it looks like it's out of a National Geographic, like, opening. Like, it, it is so beautiful. But then again, some of the other cinematography, it, like, cuts around, like, kind of, like, amateurish as far as shooting people. Yeah, or um, a lot of the close-ups of the Cronenbergs, uh-huh. they're just kind of really like close-ups. They're not. Super close-up. Uh, I think they're trying to hide some of the seams. The limitations in the budget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, like, they they blew their whole budget on the mom and the brother. They really did. So, but let's get to that in a minute. Because um, what you learned early on is that uh, Nicholas Cage has decided to buy some alpacas. And what they're what they're talking about like from the beginning, like when they're having that bonding scene at the dinner table, that that they're gonna eat the alpacas later. <laughs> and the the girl, the daughter brings up a really good point, Wilhelmina, that you know, they make sweaters out of alpacas. They don't make steak. Unless you're from Peru. And then it kind of shuts everyone up. Guess where they're fucking not. And I, I'll give you a hint. Peru is the answer. Like, you make sweaters out of them if you live in the Pacific or Atlantic North, East or West, wherever the fuck they live. <laughs> the Atlantic Northwest. <laughs> but they're sitting there like, well, yeah, because I think at that point they all realize, wait, they make sweaters out of alpacas? It's like, yeah, they're really expensive. Should we make steaks out of them? No! <laughs> like, the, the daughter's the smartest one. She's like reading from the Necronomicon, which is another... Um, HP Lovecraft thing? The Necrocomicon. Necro- God fucking <laughs> it. so It's just payback for all the times that you say shit about other stuff where you know what the actual word is, but you just decide to be a dick. I don't, I don't remember any of that at all. Of course not. So, she realizes, she brings up, like, oh yeah, the, the, 
What's his name? Carl Urban's Irving? Yeah. Carl Urbings? Carl yeah. Urban? Urban. Okay, no, Urban is where you live. Urbane is the name of a person. His last name is U R B A N. Urban. Nah, that doesn't sound right. Um, so that's why it's the Necrocomicon. Come on, bring it. Bring it, bro. Like Come at me. You're both fucking drunk. <laughs> The older brother or the younger brother? The older brother. Benny. Ben, I'm going to call him Chad. His name's no, Benny. Who gives a shit? It's question <laughs> because it's, it's, it's brother who knows Cheech. So the hydrologist. Chung. Again, who cares? It's just, he's just some stoner guy in the woods. And really, that's... that's it's not <laughs> Cheech. Cheech, man. It's Tommy Chong. <laughs> Look, Cheech and Chong was a bad movie. Whoa. Isn't that weird but that one goes by the first name and one goes by the last name? What? A little bit, yes. It's that's not that's, like, that's it's for not the alliteration. <clears throat> it's not Cheech and Tom, Tommy or uh, Cheech and... Cheech and Marin and Chong? It's <laughs> Cheech and Chong for the alliteration. Yeah, probably. But the, the long story short is uh, victory lost. It's very long. Very, very Go long ahead, story. Continue. <laughs> so, like, yeah, like... The you gotta wrap up the synopsis. You gotta get going on. Okay. Are we doing this like step by step? Are yeah. you gonna walk us through the whole entire movie scene by scene? No, I'm not. But we have to bring up uh, Tommy Cheech. Tommy Chong. Tommy, yeah, whatever. <laughs> are we drunk or something? Yeah. The two of you are. I am not. But yeah, so I um, should be. She had some skinny bird legs, but, you know, if you're into that, it's like, oh, look at those. Well, she has fishnets, which automatically adds plus three to sexiness. But, <laughs> like, the brother, um, Stoner, Mick, who gives a shit? Benny. Benny takes him to, um, what Nicholas Cage says is our squadron. That's all we get for that. We don't understand why he's there, what connection he has to, like, the family. He's just the squatter on their property who, like, wires up his house with cameras for later plot convenience. And, um, because like the color out of space, the film doesn't care about yeah. these characters either. This is the truth. See, they're staying actually true to the message of Eldridge beyond caring about any of us. Horror. Oh, God. But, but yeah. he has the same Tommy Chong voice. He does. And he's like, I remember his line was, "I've been watching birdies," or "I've been decoding birdies." What does he have to decode there? He lives in the fucking woods. Yeah. Where does he get well, I guess I think he does accurately decode the birdies because uh, later on in the film you'll, you'll see what he yeah, yeah. comes up with. So that night, you know, like uh, Nicholas Cage is trying to make love to his wife. Um, <laughs> the girl is listening to heavy metal because she's a Wiccan, and the boy is playing. What was the game he's playing? Uh, Universe Sandbox. Universe Sandbox with the dog, and the the little boy is asleep. And um, what's the little kid thing? Jack, Jack. Jack, yeah. yeah Dave, who gives it again. Um, <laughs> His name was uh, the same name as Nicolas Cage's character, Jack, except okay. twice. Okay. Jack, Jack. And that's when the color from Space lands in the little meteorite. 
it just starts going to shit. So they're, they're all out there. The boy is having like some sort of effect on his brain immediately. Everyone else slowly starts to get affected. Um, it's all downhill from there. It's all downhill from there. Nicholas Cage starts drinking immediately. <laughs> like pretty much the second he gets the kid in the house, he, he, he gets a drink going. And I have no idea why someone would start drinking alcohol when something bad happens. <laughs> but someone would. As opposed to drinking alcohol at any given chance. That was the loudest you've ever drank alcohol. It did. I also happened to do it in a microphone. But also something bad happened. You watched this movie. And uh, they basically smash cut to the next day. Um, whoa, what, what's with this looking you're giving? This Just keep talking. Playing with the nubby thing on my phone. Oh, yeah, that's what you're doing. So let's, let, let's smash cut to the next day. What are they called? What are these things called? Pop sockets. Okay. I'm playing with the pop socket on my phone. So what happens the next day? Because that's this is how terrible this movie was that you didn't even care about the synopsis that Spike is giving. <laughs> I don't know how... I'm still having a good time with it, with uh, the synopsis. The more I drink, the more fun this is. <laughs> Yeah. Did did you get the part where like it exploded when the the meteor landed? Well, it didn't explode. So whatever. Much. The, the light landed, and then it, it released in globules, as opposed to, you know as as the H.P. Lovecraft uh, story says, and it kind of soaked into grit, in, into the water table, and that's why the boy was saying, um, "They break it, they make it well, the man in the well." The man in the well was the the color from space. Uh, the girl starts feeling like sick in her stomach. The boy, well, he's too stoned to feel anything, basically. He's the only one. I thought for sure, like, the chick who, like, cut, like, symbols from the Necronomicon into her, um, into her flesh that day, that she would be the one who was saved because she used something from another, like, powerful entity from the Lovecraft mythos. They were just aliens. But yeah, but, but still, the, um, the Necronomicon was a powerful force in the, uh, Lovecraft mythos. So that's what my theory was. But apparently it's just the guy who was stoned all the time was shielded from it until the very end of the movie. <laughs> he when he gets sucked into the well, well he, he climbs into the well to save the dog like an idiot so if you're thinking about choosing between um, smoking weed and witchcraft you gotta choose uh, weed culture over witchcraft culture because that actually uh, protects you from eldritch uh, gods exactly. beings. there's a reason why um, dispensaries are still considered essential businesses <laughs> oh, sh- oh shit you're right right <laughs> In this time of cosmic horror, yep. people are like, yeah, people are going to need a little bit of that weed power yeah, to, to defend Cage, them. Nicholas Cage starts um, like developing some really dry skin. He just needs some like lotion, really. Yeah, he had a really bad case of uh, uh, ashiness. What do you yeah. call it? What do you call dry skin? Alligator skin, I don't know. Jesus. It was basically just like deep rivets, ravines <laughs> in his flesh. <laughs> it wasn't even dry skin. It was straight up like... Like you could take the tip of a pencil and just start it in one part of his skin, and the the deepness of these like ravines in his flesh would hold the pencil as you like drag it along the skin. <laughs> That's a gross <laughs> description. Because <laughs> now you're imagining it. You're like you put the pencil in. It's like I don't know. 
It's it's like the like yeah, the tiles. That, it's like between I'd tiles. Get two Home Depot Home Depot sized buckets of lotion, and I just stick my arms in there. <laughs> I just have them in there for like eight hours. That's what I would do. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the hydrologist shows back up because he tested the water a little bit, and he's like, "Hey, maybe you shouldn't drink the water." But the uh, the girl's all like having like stomach issues, and she's vomiting. Um, I don't remember there's, that. There's a lot of time like given to the importance of the alpacas. Oh, yeah. Because, like, uh, for some reason, Nicolas Cage says, we need alpacas in this movie <laughs> and in our lives. And he's milking alpacas. He's like, I find that this dietary supplement helps the alpacas milk flavor. You're not going to get much alpaca milk. But here's how you make its flavor good. I know it's that. It's so fucking weird. <laughs> not even, like, weird in the context of this eldritch horror. It's just... Nicholas Cage said, I have to inject some of my personal weirdness into this. Then he offers it to the hydrologist, but he's... And he rightly says, no, fucking no. <laughs> and Nick Cage is like, all right, more for me. <laughs> the old drink of that shit. And I, I'm guessing, like, oh, yeah, because he, he starts drinking, and, like, the, uh, the, the colorful spaces in the water, they say, all the ice that had that color in it, that's how he got the, uh, the colorful space in him. Oh, he absorbed it through yeah. the ice. Because it wasn't from him drinking water, it's from him. He drank the, the, the liquor with the ice, and oh my god, I don't care about this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it diluted and it mixed with alcohol, so it gave him a special kind of like drunk version of the yeah, color from he's space. Just a drunk dad. <laughs> okay, so at a certain point, um, the mom's is like making dinner after the uh, the news came to like cover, and Nicholas Cage is very unhappy. Like he's talking about, couldn't someone tell me to like run a comb through my hair. And I really picture this is like Nicolas Cage when he first started realizing he was going bald. <laughs> because he's had a series of phenomenal wigs. And this is the first movie I've seen where he's just like leaned into his baldness, you know? Or he has just this weird like receding hairline. I didn't really notice that. I, I, was, I always thought he was just kind of always bald. No, no. If, you, <laughs> if you've seen his picture like from like uh, uh, Next, you'll see like his hair is a bird. Your point is invalid. What? <laughs> that is totally a meme on the internet. Uh, Nicholas Cage's hair is a bird. Your point is invalid. I don't know. Uh, never heard of that one. Okay, for one, you're not hanging out in the cage sphere. <laughs> the cage sphere. Yeah, there's a cage sphere, and if you're not there, you're really not on the internet. And uh. Okay, so um, at a certain point, while Nicholas Cage is yelling at the TV and he's yelling "fuck" at, at, in front of his kids, um, the wife like cuts her finger off, and you. Well, Fingers. Fingers off. Plural. Yeah, like he says, oh, go get your mother, um, smaller boy. And, um, check, check. Yeah, Dave, Dave. And um, he, uh, he sees her cut her fingers off, which is wildly... They set that up because it was like it was showing her chopping the carrots. Yeah, like then it showed to the kid. Then it showed her chopping the carrots. Then it showed to the living room. Chopping <laughs> the carrots again. And then, and then out of like nowhere, we're like, all right, anytime it goes back to chopping carrots... You know it's going to be one of those times it's going to be she chops her fingers off. And right when the boy walks up, slice. Dinner's almost ready. It's like, what are you talking about? You're not done chopping the, the fucking carrots. Dinner's almost ready when it's in the fucking stove. Dinner's almost ready. That's the most unbelievable part of this movie, is that she would get wrong when dinner's almost ready. Yeah, it's just like, well, the carrots are chopped. 
Nicholas Cage takes his wife to the hospital to get her fingers reattached, maybe. They said the surgery was a success at the end. Basically, while they're they're all home, like that's when a lot of the stuff goes wrong. They start feeling weird. Like they start losing track of time. It takes her a long time to like like oh when Nicholas Cage leaves, he says, Have those alpacas back in the barn by ten. But then the next time you see the kid holding him, like the older kid, it's like ten in the morning. <laughs> Yeah, no. so he's like, they can stay out at night. <laughs> they, they stay so true to the Eldritch Horror, they didn't stay true to anything involving reality. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, they can stay out at midnight. Make sure they get back in the party at 10 <laughs> on the morning, 10 a.m. Alpacas are night creatures. They like to party and go to the club. And <laughs> it's like, at first you're like, okay, he's going to... All right, he's got to get him back in the barn by 10, 10 o'clock at night, 10 p.m. They're losing track of time, you know, because she, like, she washes, like, a little bit of blood off the, off the, um, off the knife, and then they lose track of time. They show the clock, and they go back to the clock after she washes the knife, and it's been, like, a couple hours. But, like, how much blood was on that fucking knife? Because there was just like a little bit on like the, the belly of the blade. And then when they cut back, the whole knife, the whole sink is, is like full of blood. <laughs> Bloody water. Yeah, well, I guess fingers bleed quick, you know. I, I guess. It's just like you're opening the hose right there. <laughs> oh, God. And uh, she throws up. The, the other boy loses track of time while he's handling alpacas. Uh, Nicholas Cage comes back with his wife healed. They see the, the cat, the Cheech's cat. Like, has run astray and is, like, hairless. And, uh, this is when things really start to go to shit. Like, um, he, Nicholas Cage brings the alpacas in, and, uh, later on that night, like, they hear some screaming, like, the the, bro- the two brothers, and they go into there, and they see, like, the alpaca, like, monster out of, no. like, um, it. The alpacas fused. They fuse together, and they, then, and, uh, the wife comes out, grabs the kid, the, the Nicholas Cage comes out, and the light hits the kid and the mom, and they get fused together. Mm-hmm. And uh, long story short, the God, this, this movie is not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to disintegrate them. I thought it was too, but... But apparently it fused them together into kind of some Cronenberg uh, being. Yeah, Nicholas, you, you think the sheriff's going to shoot him when they show up, but it, it, Nicholas Cage somehow showed up, and through poor editing, they're like, oh, this, they're not my family anymore. It's like, well, why didn't you say that at the beginning? You were talking like five <laughs> minutes ago about how we're all going to take that trip. Yeah, I know. And then like, you know, they think the, sh- <laughs> the sheriff comes back and you think he's going to shoot the Cronenberg and then the sh- Cronenberg gets shot and then he's like, it turns out it was Nick Cage. That was Cage thing. He just showed up magically out of the nowhere. God, this movie is not worth it. Look, long story short, ugh, don't watch The Color from Space. It's so not worth it. Um, I would actually still recommend it. <laughs> you slept through half of it. I would recommend it for the visuals. If you fall asleep through a huge portion of it, yes, you'll totally recommend it. <laughs> You're right. God, I'm just hoping that you get to the 30-minute mark. Listen, we have two and a half minutes before we get to the 30-minute mark, and I can just like dump this podcast on the internet and call it a day. Jesus, fuck, this movie sucked. <laughs> well, okay, the cool scene is when we get to the end, yeah. and... Uh, 
the hydrologist, they find uh, Tommy Chong yeah, Tommy back Tommy in the Chong. same seat. He's been fused with his like recording equipment because he used to be an electrician. Okay. Oh, and then, yeah, he's just, this is where he's talking about um, the color and he's figured out that, uh, you know, it burns like ice. Yeah, <laughs> and he's saying all this weird stuff like, so weird. and it sucks. And that's when he starts to disintegrate. <laughs> and what you're finding out is that the color from space is absorbing all the light from the area. So it can go back into space. Yeah, that whole, that old thing. Yeah, that, that old such and such. And, uh, like, he gets back to the well where it's been living. And, like, the daughter's there, and sadly, I thought she was going to survive because she was cute, but nope. And, uh... She gets disintegrated. She gets disintegrated, and, uh, I was like, no, she's not going to bang that hydrologist. They're both attractive. Come on, Hollywood. Yeah. Samantha doesn't approve of that. So then he goes, for some reason, he... and For some reason, instead of, like, running away, he goes back inside the house. Luckily, it was, because, like, that that really awkward scene where Nicolas Cage during the dinner goes into the um, the wine cellar, mm-hmm. like, comes back. Like, I, and you heard me say that. Like, I wonder if this very awkward wine cellar scene is going to come back into play later. He never even saw the wine cellar. How did he know <laughs> it would come back? It's placed so inconveniently. Like, it blocks the door, the kitchen door from closing. I have no idea. But he gets down there while the, the, the color from space is, like, leaving. And there's a cool scene where, like, um... It almost looks like a painting where like, uh, it looks like, uh, like you're, it looks like there's a paintbrush, like the, as people move through space and time, this is the artist in you talking. they're like kind of painting reality yeah, at the well, same time yeah, at some point and smudging reality. Either it's the, when he's like talking to the daughter at the last scene before she disintegrates or when he's talking to Cheech, he sees like the color from space's world. And at that point it's like way too much. You should have shown, shown, like, a flashes or just a flash of it. Mm-hmm. But they just, like, do this panning, like, thing where they just use total CG to show this world. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's way too much for, like, a Lovecraftian, like, mystery horror. Yeah. And it's like, ah, uh, I don't know. Too much. Too fucking much. Oh, was that, was that the planet? Yeah, that's, the, that's where he came from. It's like, no, it's way too much. You should have shown, like, a flash. You should have shown a hint. And then it takes off, and then the next scene is, like, the hydrologist coming out, and it's, like, all white and ashen. Yeah. And radioactive. Well, maybe radioactive. I don't know. But, um... Radioactive. Radioactive. There's some weird drama about, like, how, like, he should have sold to, like, the mayor. I don't fucking know. Yeah, there was another plot, a B plot that we didn't know about that was going on. Like a G plot. A G plot that was going on. Like an H plot. I don't fucking know. Spend more time with anything else. <laughs> yeah. Hang on. Let me, let me take a look at this because I need to know like, how long. So then at the end, the hydrologist is looking over the dam, I guess, right? Yeah, that's where they, 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 they built like a dam or like a, like a reservoir for water. And he won't drink from that water. He's the <laughs> one who was doing like the monologue from the beginning. And that was, those were the, that was the best part. Like those scenes where they were showing like the, uh, the, the forest in the mist. And it was so beautiful and so well done. But they just delve too much into, like, the minutia. That's not what, like, a Lovecraftian horror is supposed to be. I don't know, like, uh, hang on. Apparently he's the expert on Lovecraft. Well, I'm not an expert, but I know that the, um... But I thought you would be the expert. But I know you're not supposed <laughs> to, like, go 
goes so deep into the minutia. Uh-huh. His name is Spike. You're not supposed. Uh, I thought you'd be. Edit that <laughs> bullshit. I thought you'd be the expert, Spike. <laughs> SCP universe or this there's supposed to be mystery you're not supposed to like go too deep in because once you like explain a creature it loses its mystery and its horror that's the problem so this movie is an hour and five minutes it feels like two <laughs> it done. really did yeah oh my it did. God. it's I an heard. hour and four minutes too long seriously it's an hour it's an hour and four minutes it's an hour and 51 sorry oh god so it was two hours okay that it felt just as long as it was, and that's a problem still because an entertaining movie should feel like 20 minutes. <laughs> like, I don't know about that. Victor, but. like, okay, uh, when you watch Transformers, did it feel like two hours? Which Transformers? The first one. The first one, did it feel like two hours? Did it feel like two, did it feel like, okay. Like, uh, I, I mean, yeah, I guess it felt like, well, like, it maybe felt like an hour and a half. Hang on, let, let's find out. How about Endgame? That was like a three-hour movie. Oh, yeah. It just blew by. Yeah. I'd say the one before that actually was... Infinity War? Infinity War. That one felt, like, shorter. No, Infinity War was the Marvel one. We're all drunk. The the Endgame is the Marvel one, too. (laughs) What the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) Jesus Christ. Okay, stop. I'm trying. Well, I'm trying to fix the mic. There you go. Just don't touch it. Yeah, stop touching. Okay, how long did you say would you think Avengers Endgame was? It was about three hours. No fucking. How did it feel? How long did it feel? It felt like it felt like two and a half hours. See, it was like a whole <laughs> half an hour long, shorter than what it felt like. This movie felt longer. I felt every second of those two hours. <laughs> This is why I wish I had just taken a nap instead of watching this shit. You would have been right to do so. I thought it was all right. Yeah, because you slept through half of it. Yeah, that's why you... Okay, you know what? Uh, how about this? Hang on. Hang on. What was... Uh-oh. Oh, here we go. Took was, you long enough. This movie was bad. It, yeah, this podcast felt like it was four hours. Don't listen, don't watch the color of this face. It has a cool concept, but it doesn't execute any of it well. What about you, Samantha? What do you think? Yeah, it's terrible. I say uh, go on YouTube and see if someone did like a music video to it. (laughs) It's got good imagery. I'm Victor. And I'm still not Spike. Ugh. <laughs>